Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Do you think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat on that nasty little headline grabber, Ryuk Ransomware. This week's expert, Vinay Adavi, product manager and overall extraordinaire at AirGap, joins me to clear the air on this arguably well-named ransomware demon of death. I'm your host and moderator, Sia Yasa Tornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, AirGap, the best defense against ransomware. With the Zero Trust Isolation Platform, AirGap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground. Thank you so much for joining us, Vinay. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Sia. Happy to be here. Excellent. So, look, we talk about cybersecurity all the time and the need for it. Mm -hmm. It's very clear that we are in a huge digital world now. So let's 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 just dig deep and let's just go right to it. I've heard mm -hmm. the term ransomware used a lot, and it's really grown in the last few years, but. Can I ask you, give me your baseline definition of ransomware so you and I are on the same page. Ransomware is nothing new. It's just another lap, it's just another software that is sitting on your, one of your phones or machines. What it makes is basically that makes your data inaccessible so that you cannot access your phone, phones, you cannot access your photos or your important document. Uh, it will block all your access unless you pay a money uh, you won't be able to access. So it's just a, in, in a nutshell, it's just a bad software and uh, causing a harm to the uh, all the uh, people and the companies and even the state governments. Okay, so I hear that, but the assumption being is, look, mm -hmm. these guys, girls, it's beings, what do you want to call them? They already have malicious intent. I, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but when I hear that if I'm supposed to pay you a ransom, to get my data back, what's the guarantee I'll even get that data back? I mean, I just don't see how this is, I feel like if it happens to you, you're kind of, you know, screwed. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee. You are under the hook. Either you lose your data and or you uh, basically the only way you have to trust them. That's the only way. There is no, uh, what you call, there's no negotiation in terms of this here. Either you completely say, I'll forget about my data. I. Uh, somehow I took a backup or I have other ways to retrieve my data, which is again, not guaranteed, or you believe them, I'll pay a money hoping for them, they'll give me my data back. Of course, there's no guarantee, but you just have to, uh, how desperate you are to get your data is all that matters. And they know that we are pretty desperate. We don't want to lose our important documents. We don't want to lose our company's data. They know that, and that's what they are exploiting. Gosh, man. So you're like freaking me out a little bit because the, uh, I'm just going to guess, is ransomware on the rise then? It sounds like it is. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, it, this is getting worse uh, every year. I mean, we the uh, statistics like every growing staggeringly every year on year. And this is going to get worse because of the COVID 
all the people are losing their jobs, economic uh, uh, pressure, there's this going to get worse. There's a very thin line now between doing a bad stuff and doing for you were uh, leaving and people are taking the bad step and they started using the some of the freely available tools out there and using it as a ransomware and starting earning as a their day-to-day -day job because they're not finding the jobs these days. So, okay, we're talking about ransomware in general, mm -hmm. but particularly Ryuk. I mean, we're hearing Ryuk way more. I mean, I, I feel like Ryuk has come on strong um, you know, they call it the, the, what the, the demon God, if you will, or, uh, what yeah. was it, the, I mean, the, oh, the demon of death. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why is Ryuk different than standard ransomware? Cause I'm here Ryuk, Ryuk and not necessarily the others. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you just dig down to the Ryuk, right. It's actually a, a Japanese comic, uh, villain. So it sends a death note to the people and then comes out from the, comes to the human world and kill the people. That's how it is. So similarly, the Rayuk ransomware is no different. It literally sends you a death note. They're saying, hey, you have to pay money. Otherwise, I will expose your data, which is more de uh, desperate because some of them are very confidential data. Sometimes you say, okay, I'll let go my data. But if that goes public, oh, that is more dangerous. That's what exactly Rayuk is trying to do. And uh, what does it, it really has come on from the, is matured from, uh, it used to start targeting the, uh, when it started in 2017 and 18, the small companies, and there was like a, some uh, smaller payouts, but now they have matured and targeting the large corporations, which have a more critical data and, uh, and asking for more demand. And uh, some report says that the demands are in the millions yeah. So in 2019 alone, uh, there are more than they earned more than 61 million uh, uh, in 20. In, according to the FBI, that's the report, and I'm pretty sure that his number is increasing in 2019. It will be higher than that. Well, you, I'd imagine that's what was reported. I can't begin to imagine companies that yeah. were probably afraid to report that they got. Correct, hacked, correct. Right. So, yeah, these are some of the state governments, some of the municipal uh, uh, municipal governments. They report because they are fiduciary duty to report them. Uh, uh, but the, some other companies they don't have to report, and it's it's always the uh, uh, the bottom of the pyramid, right? Is much bigger. So I'm pretty sure that just the 61 million just reported, there'll be a much higher number. So I've heard that term before, and God, we got to talk about this big game hunting. So yeah. who would be a big game hunted then? What industries would that be or, or verticals would you say are the, the major targets? Yeah, so the ransomware does not discriminate any color, religion, or the country. It's literally going after everyone. And especially the more vulnerable uh, the industries like hospitals, uh, the state government, counties, because they don't have the large IT uh, force to manage the IT network. Right, so they they have limited space. Their bread and butter business is to save people and to help people, and they are more vulnerable. And the bad guys know about that. So Ugh. they are actually hospitals and the uh, county government, state government. Those are the biggest impact. Apart from that, they also went into large corporations as well. Uh, some of them like steel case. Uh, some some of them like a steel uh, furniture manufacturing company. And then they went after the United Health Services, which is a large hospital chain. So yeah, yeah. they're literally uh, going after the everybody and uh, it's more impactful for the hospitals and the counties and the state government, but uh, even the large corporations are not uh, 
uh, falling be, uh, are falling into the trap of the uh, reuse. You just you just nailed something. I'd like to expand a little bit more if you don't mm-hmm. mind, which is yeah. uh, the public sector space. So you've got mm-hmm. county governments, you've got local like you've got school districts, right? Yeah. Where they've got data. Um, yeah. I have to ask because they know that. I mean, I feel like they don't. These organizations don't have the IT budgets necessarily to dedicate to a pure IT force or security division, if you will. So, I mean, are they, are they screwed? (laughs) So how how else can one look at that and say, okay, do they just have to put the money into it? Is this something that you have to put money into now and, and there's no option or is it, you just have to roll the dice and risk it? Yeah. So you know that every even in every annual budget they do it. There's always a budget for something, right? Hiring more people, hiring, buying more equipment, and now they're having a budget for the ransomware. Either they pay to the buy the insurance for it. So now some of the insurance companies are paying the insurance uh, insurance premium, so you can purchase it. And whenever the ransomware is impacted, so you pay you take the insurance uh, uh, payout from them. That is one options, of course. The better option should be you protect yourself, invest on the uh, security services, security infrastructure, so you better protect it rather than just uh, investing on insurance or paying to the bad guys. So it's not just the paying to the bad guys, uh, your reputation will be at a stake. So once you are get impacted, you will lose the confidence from the uh, people, your customers. So you they should better protecting themselves by investing in more better security, better training and all of that, rather than uh, paying to the bad guys, as well as buying some insurance or something like that. Okay. So then let's shift it over to the bigger companies that organizations that can manage it. They've got the IT budget, they've got money, they've got staff and resources Mm -hmm. to make a sophisticated attack such as Ryuk. Mm -hmm. I have to ask this question now is is this something that is like a nation state effort where it's hostile countries going after each other? Or could it be a genius high school student that just doesn't want to go to school? Yeah, I think the, if you look at the uh, the Reuk by itself, it's a, it's a modular software. It, there are certain components that are uh, sponsored by the state government. At some point, some state government funded something to do some bad stuff. So that particular thing is now online. Right. So and this uh, the script kiddies, whatever they we call it as a high school kiddies, they're using that freely available tool that has developed by the big state government and using it against the corporations or using it to the common people and extracting the money. So it's a mix of both has to be blamed here because first in the place, the state government should not have funded those uh, those uh, those projects which will allow those tools to come out. And of course, and the, even the high school student, you, can, you can't, uh, 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 they are also to be blamed because they are using those tools and attacking the common people. That's insane. That's absolutely insane yeah. to me. So, okay, fine. We know that the reuke happens. We know how bad it is. Okay, but once it's in your network, what happens? Like how, how does this, how, how do we stop it from propagating or how does it work? Can you clarify yeah, that yeah. for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, the Ryuk has very, it has a different strains and different mechanism how it's attack. But if we literally have to look into that, I'll I'll show you the one. This is I'll summer can be summarized into five stages. All these five stages happens in a, in an hour. So this is a sample I showed you in the within a two hour starts from initial access and when the all system was ransom, it just took a two hours there. 
So it's literally starts with the first infection. What we call it as a first infection is the first, it will look for the uh, uh, weakest link into your network, right? So that's your first, first victim. So next is after that, it, there are various ways to get into your first victim. Uh, the common one are phishing, uh, exploiting your, some of the old software, unpatched software, but the most common one is a phishing. So Rayuk basically uses the, some of the tools uh, existed in the other ransomware, like a Emotent and TrickBot. Uh, they use them and get into the initial access. Right, so it took some uh, some time. Once you click a link, you like you'll get an email say, "Hey, you won a million dollar lottery." So people are tempted and they do click it. That's all it's required for them. That's all the mistake is done. That's it. So they click on the link and uh, that's the first initial access. Right. Mm -hmm. Next, they once you click it, it will download the tools like I just talked about the Cobalt Strike. Uh, it's one of the tool that is uh, available. It's actually a good tool. Even the security researchers uses them to do the, some analysis. Uh, it's a basically a group of Windows administrative tools. And uh, this particular uh, ransomware downloads that after you click a link and it basically runs and disables all your antiviruses, some of the checks that are in the Windows, it disables them. So even if you purchase the big fat uh, endpoint software, it was disabled. Now, now it cannot do anything about it. Wow. Right? Next, wow. what does it do? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad there. And then uh, it downloads the uh, Cobalt Strike. Cobalt Strike start kicking up. Now it goes to the next stage, which is called discovery mode. In the discovery stage, it will start learning about your network. It will learn what are other laptops you have, what are where are the critical systems, uh, uh, critical systems in your network. Critical systems includes your Windows Active Directory, includes your uh, backup server. All that they learn about them, and then they know what are the uh, services running in those uh, uh, important systems or the other machines. Like uh, some of the vulnerable systems, like RDP, Windows RDP is considered the most vulnerable uh, protocol. Uh, Windows uh, SMB, which is the uh, which is used by the other ransomware like a WannaCry, is also uh, considered as the most vulnerable uh, protocol. So basically, this there are multiple tools they use them and get into the other machine. That's when they get into the lateral movement stage. So they use that RDP SMB and they get into the uh, uh, other machines. Then they harvest the credentials. They don't, even if you have a password, they, there's some of the systems stores the password for doing the, their, their job because they store it for the next time. So it won't ask you. So it will basically able to go into the system and retrieve that saved password. Mm -hmm. So there are some tools like Mimecats, uh, Rubius, that those tools and, uh, uncover the, your saved password. And once they have, they get into your system, they have your password, that's all they need. And then they go into the one of the other machines, which is called a domain controller, which is the most important system in the, in the typical in the enterprise. Once they get into that, that's all, that's done. After that, they will, uh, uh, someone from sitting from the uh, thousands of miles away, he will issue the uh, command. And within the 10 minutes or 20 minutes, all your systems are breached. And uh, and it's got and suddenly start encrypted. Even they disable your backup systems. Even if you have a backup, they disable them as well. The backup so systems. Okay, so I thought I thought there was a way that if the back was like uh, in a remote location or mm -hmm. off off the network, 
That's okay because it's already been it's already been firewalled off, if you will. Even if the backup is in the same network, it's all infected. It's all compromised. Is that yeah, what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. So because the domain controller or the Windows file share, which is the they 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 get your admin passwords, right? So they have administrative password, which is more stronger, and the same administrator password also works for the backup system as well. That's and you right. don't know, even if you backup system, you don't know at what time the iOS backup is good or bad. You can't trust the whether it's a backup is impacted, not impacted. It's really, it's hard to identify how right. good or bad a backup is. What are people using currently now? You mentioned the, you know, the fact that endpoint and network security is failing and compromised. How is it failing? And, and what is it that they're using that is failing? Yeah, so if large, there, are, there are good solutions exist, the, all of them, they are focusing on protecting from the first victim. So they, they, they your next generation firewall, anti-malware software, endpoint software, they are good solutions. They, they are doing a really good job, but they all focus on protecting from the first victim. But we all know that the, it's, a, it's a lost cause because some people continue to click a bad link, continue to put the USB keys that not supposed to put it. So one or the other way, the first victim get always impacted. So right now, no one is looking into that, how that one infected machine propagate to the other machines and stop that kind of a propagation. The focus should be that uh, you should be always believe one or the other way, there's always a first wing, uh, uh, the one machine get infected in my network. The focus should be how to make sure that that one machine does not infect the other machines or get into my business systems. I think there's a lack of solutions or lack of focus on that aspect is what the bad guys are utilizing it and they are getting into the easily find the weakest link and then get into the business systems. I mean, I think it's easier to say, send down what the weakest link is, but what exactly should you look for? What is a definition of a weakest link then? Yeah, so the weakest link is anybody uh, that who is unknowledgeable in the IT space, like someone is doing an accountant, for example, right? Yeah. Or a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, is the, they don't know they're not a knowledgeable person. And if they get an email saying, uh, hey, this is the 12 p.m. meeting, you need, to pre you need to open this document and they open it. So that's the weakest link, for example. And what you do it, when they click a link, when the machine is infected, that machine will start propagating to the other machines. It will start talking to the, your, uh, your peer. It will start talking to your, uh, the backup systems. It will start talking to your file share. It will business critical applications. That's where there's a lack of solutions exist today because all the firewall, everything protecting from the bad coming from the internet. There's nothing exists when there's a bad is already in the system and getting into your other internal business systems. There's nothing exists today. And that's where the, uh, some of the companies like AirGap really focusing on that aspect of looking into when the threat is already inside and propagating to the business critical systems, how we detect it and protect it is what the focus on the companies like AirGap. Ah, okay. And then the last part of it, number five, yeah, it's once it's to get into a system, uh, after that, it will start issuing the encryption. That's when you they'll uh, all the encrypt all your data, strong data, and only the key that decrypt the data is with them. So they will show you nice 
a page saying that, hey, you have to pay so and so in the Bitcoins. Another Bitcoins is a great way to hide uh, behind, not know, because you don't know, there's no paper trail exists in the Bitcoin, right? So yeah. they ask, yeah, so they ask for the Bitcoins and only way to get that decryption key is by paying them. That's all. So, so what we're talking about here, okay? So if we're talking about the actual impact, what we, you mentioned before, $61 million, right? Yeah. But now with the advent and growth and popularity of cryptocurrency, now there's like a pure digital hack, pure digital robbery. And there's no, I mean, this is like completely like 100% masked virtual attack on you. Yeah. Is yeah, that I mean, right? Yeah. Correct. Even the even even if after come to know that you can get into some of all you can do is aftermath. Oh, this is what how it happened. This is how it happens. But there's no really an easy way of knowing who did it. It's very very hard. And some of these guys are sitting in a different country, hiding there, and there's no judiciary of whatsoever. You can if you hire the uh, the FBI or some of the uh, investigation agencies, but. They are sitting in a different jurisdiction. Uh, they can't do much about that. And there's no coordination in a cybersecurity space across the different countries. That's another lacking uh, that our bad actors are utilizing it. So uh, yeah, the, the only, whether you want your data is, uh, when you are loss of a data, the first and foremost focus is how to get my back data, how to uh, do that. So that's why people end up doing that. And also there's another thing uh, we have to note it once you get impacted, once you pay it, that's actually a worse than uh, uh, worse than not impacting because they bad guys know that if I if I hurt you, you will pay me. Mm. So they use that as a next time. There will be today is a reyuk, tomorrow it's an emotent, the next day it's a, uh, another one. So they it's constantly goes on. Oh my gosh! So okay, you just mentioned something and it was very quick. So I want to catch that point. There is mm-hmm. no world police force that we all agree on as citizens of earth to protect ourselves from this type of ransomware? Why is that? Yeah, so they, there is no coordination among the different uh, cybersecurity agencies. Like each and country has their own agency, they try to do that. But sometime, first of all, someone has to report them and there's no coordination effort as such is happening. People are trying to do it. They are uh, work. They are discussing. Sometimes in the uh, in the when it comes to the statewide attack, like in the government, large federal government, they do coordinate each other. But when it comes to large corporations or even the smaller corporations, it's sometimes it falls under the radar. It's too much in the red tape process, and things falls falls under the crack. And it owners of the that enterprise has to recover their own data back. Okay, so I'm like utterly like despondent right now. You are freaking me out a little bit because if you think about this, $61 million, right? Yeah, yeah. That That's a that's like a country's GDP. So if there yeah. is a nefarious nation state that wants to get it, we're, for all intents and purposes, ransomware is basically supplementing income. Am I yeah. right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a big income from a certain people for sure. So, okay, so let's talk about this then. Uh, okay, how would I... How would you suggest to protect them for something like Ryuk and all these other nefarious ransomware attacks then? Like what, what can we absolutely do? 
Yeah, yeah. So you have, there are certain things definitely we can have, we can do uh, uh, to protect from happening in the first place, right? So the first thing is I I bring back the same the five stages uh, for each of stages. Let's look into it. What enterprise can do or what people you and us can do uh, 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 to protect from the this uh, the, the ransomware. First, I think you can do is to. Uh, uh, train your uh, people. That's very important to train, uh, to get trained, not to click every link that you come in your email, right? So you have to see that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I know people, it's, it's tempting, right? It's, it's very hard, but we have to train, train, train. That's very important and have to invest on some good, uh, uh, keep updating your laptops. So when you are doing like important thing is the pop-up comes, hey, you have to update a software and reboot it. Every time people see that, uh, tomorrow, remind me of tomorrow. People click on remind me of tomorrow and that tomorrow never comes and that's what the bad actors are utilizing it. So when, when there is a security update, make sure that you update it, all your software on that. That's the first thing you should do. That's on the uh, initial access, avoiding the initial access or the first victim, right? Next, what you in when it's protecting to spread from the one infected to the other infection, right? That's where the in a discovery phase you need to segment your network and implement something like a air gap zero trust isolation. Basically, the as the 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 solutions like air gap zero trust, what they do is they make all of each of individual machines is completely isolated from one another. Like with my one machine infected, it makes sure that that infection does not propagate. And infect the other machine. That's definitely comes handy there. Next is to make sure that you protect your business critical applications. So again, uh, the zero, the there's some frameworks like a zero trust network access, and uh, some of the frameworks are available to implement that. The uh, the air gap is also has a, a solution where we protect the applications from the attack from the infected machines by challenging the intent of the access as well as providing only session layer access there, right? So the, that helps there. And also make sure that you have a good multi-factor authentication implemented on your applications. So yes. even if you have password, is uh, they will able to get it, but they won't be able to crack your MFA code because that is sitting outside of your machine, right? So they have to have access to the both the machines to get into the, that particular system. Right. So uh, again, LGAP has implemented the MFA even for the legacy protocols like RDP and SMB, uh, uh, the Samba file share, uh, we have implemented the uh, MFA implementation for that. So there are some such tools it can be used. And of course, uh, the, uh, the last one is to avoid encryption, uh, you can still take a backups. What I recommend, really recommend is to a, something called as cold storage strategy where you literally take a backups in the tape storage Traditionally, if you remember, tape storage used to be in the back in those in the CDs and DVDs and literally a tapes, wow. and you take them and keep it in the in your locker in the bank locker, literally, right? So uh, that's how it's offline, completely offline. Uh, those are the, some of the techniques will avoid uh, uh, getting impacted. In all, in all, things do go bad. If, if despite of all these uh, uh, precautions, proactive measures, things go do bad. So the one thing most important is when things go bad, you should have the incident plan, how to protect, how to reduce the exposure when things go bad. That's where, again, the air gap uh, zero trust isolation has a feature called ransomware kill switch, which is a great tool that will immediately spring into the action, stop the ransomware propagating and 
protect your business critical applications. It is just a click of a button. It completely stops and stops the ransomware getting into the system. So those are the, some of the tools exist. Right. So it's like it just stops it right in track once the kill switch is triggered and activated? Yeah. Yeah. It is like if you go to the gas station, there's emergency stop. Whenever there's a fire, you just push the button and it will start it, the fuel from uh, goes to the underground. It's ransomware kills, which is exactly the same thing. It will stop all the lateral communication. It will stop access to your backup server, your active directory and the file server so that ransomware get, does not get into those business critical systems. So, I mean, this sounds really cool to me. It sounds like to me with the air gap solution, obviously you're the product manager for, so full mm-hmm. disclosure, obviously you're going to be, you know, biased, but it sounds like to me as a solution, it is something that can be implemented for larger and smaller IT organizations alike, where it doesn't yeah. sound like you have to have a huge resource dedicated to, to manage this. Is, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So the one other thing important, uh, the, what we say in the security world is that complex is your biggest vulnerability. It's too complex. People tend to take the uh, bypass side, right? So when when we started the company, we made sure that the solution is very simple. It's a simple, dead simple. Even any non-technical person can implement it, and it should not impact the end users. That was a key. You cannot say like we are completely agentless space. You don't have to install any software on any end system like a phones or laptop. So that that solves the biggest uh, problem of teaching how to use it, right? And also it's a network-based. Network-based means it's completely transparent to the uh, end users as well as the things like uh, your refrigerator, your uh, thermostat, your light bulb. You can't install in software on it, right? So it's a, a completely agent slash, uh, complete network-based. And it's very simple to implement. So we we have, some, you have in fact, our CEO, Ritesh, has a challenge. If it cannot be implemented in an hour or two hour, we'll give the complete software as a free. So Wow. Uh, yeah. So oh, wait a minute. maybe it's a good thing that I'm not on the IT department because uh, though I've been in technology for 20 odd years, if I'm the one that yeah. can install something in a timely manner, that yeah. means it it's very, it works well. So it works well. Yeah. Vinay, so when you're talking about, you know, the zero trust isolation platform, the kill switch, mm-hmm. is this something that takes time to process again? I just want to reiterate that because mm-hmm. I thought you said ransomware can attack very quickly into a network. Yeah. So yeah. How quickly can you guys match it or, you know, what's the, is it a cat and mouse game? Yeah. What's the timing? No, yeah. So the lot of solutions exist today are based on the, some uh, pattern matching, right? So a lot of, they do a, some, they do a AIML, some, they do a, uh, this is how the work I'll protect it. The zero trust, air gap, zero trust isolation is, is in a different way. What does it do? You, we are sitting in the same office today. There's no business. We need to talk to each other. If you want to use a talk to each other, like a Slack, which is a very common enterprise application, actually we are going to a Slack server, which is sitting all the way, a couple of hundreds of miles away and the data comes back. There's no, literally no business that my laptop need to talk to your laptop at a network level. So it, they can talk at the application level, like a Slack or WhatsApp or the uh, Zoom call that we are uh, doing today. So basically the air gap is doing that, it will stopping all the communications that are happening at the network level. Wow. So if you can't communicate to each other, so same goes if the bad guys, if this if my laptop is infected, it, since I cannot communicate to you, so I cannot infect you as well. So we are taking that approach. We are using the zero trust approach, which is like, unless there's an authorized communication, 
needed to one machine to talk to other machine, uh, we will basically stop all the lateral communications. And same goes to when uh, when the, the users or the machine need to talk to the applications, we verify the intent, then only we'll allow the access. In that way, uh, uh, not the BART or some ransomware sitting infected machine can easily get into the other machine. So we don't really focus on matching what ransomware does or AML. We're focusing on proactive measure. It's like a vaccination rather than the medicine. Got it. Oh, that like on that note, I think that is the best way to describe how these types of solutions that need to mitigate the damage that ransomware causes. I think that's awesome. So I really appreciate your time, Vinay. Airgap.io, great organization. Check it out. I think we could wrap it up for Ransomware Battleground Podcast. Thank you very much for joining.